you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. Hi there, my name is Janine Garner and I am the host of this podcast, Unleashing Brilliance. I really wanted to bring to you the stories behind some of our best business leaders, our best authors, our best speakers, our most incredible game changers. You know, we often only ever hear the surface level story, the story that is published across other podcasts, other media platforms, across social media and in print. And what I really want to understand is what is it that has influence them as individuals to unleash their own brilliance so that they can help each and every single one of us unleash our brilliance too. And my latest guest, Renee Jerusso, um, is an incredible gift. Um, and the stuff that she shares with me is, is just so awesome. I'm super excited about this conversation. Renee asks us uh, three key questions. You know, what would you do? What is it that you need to do to stop being a human being? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to let in? And what do you need to be to be a human being and not just a human doing? She asks us to get curious about what is the gift in the moment. And she asks us to think about what makes us optimistic or what is it that you can do, you can think, you can be to make you more optimistic. Renee is the founder and director of RG Dynamics. She is a speaker, an author, an educator, a mentor, and a professional certified coach. She's a sought-after communication leadership and mindset expert. And as I said, an accomplished speaker who works with leaders, teams, and organizations to energize mindset and accelerate communication and leadership to ultimately lift culture and lift performance. Uh, she Since 2006, she's attracted thousands of clients into her world from over 24 industries at all levels. And she's really obsessed with working with uh, those individuals that are seeking growth to help them realize and achieve their limitless potential, which results in increased performance and success. And she's written a couple of books too. She's written her first book, Limitless Leadership, A Guide to Leading from the Inside Out, was uh, written in 2016. In 2018, she co-authored Leaders of Influence and her third gift, her third book, which will we delve into in this conversation, uh, was launched uh, in March 2021. And this book is titled Gift Mindset, Unwrap the 12 Gifts to Lead and Live a Life of Purpose, Connection and Contribution. In her spare time, Renee loves to cook, entertain, travel and do yoga. And as she shares in this podcast, connection is at the core of everything she does. Please enjoy this wonderful conversation with Renee Jerusso. Hello, hello, Renee. Yes, we're finally having a conversation on my oh. podcast. I'm so excited to welcome you. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this and yeah, let's go. <laughs> There's so much we're going to talk about. It is insane. Um, now, before we get started, just so that my audience 
can get a little bit of a feel about who you are, where you're from, and maybe some of those uh, things that you love that fire you up. Can you share with people where are you from? Where were you born? Where do you live? Where are you from? Give us a little bit yes. of that plotted history. Bit of history. So I'm based in beautiful, I can say beautiful now because we're <laughs> out of lockdown, Melbourne, Australia. So I grew up Italian, um, Australian family in, in Melbourne. I've travelled a lot, lived up um, Central Coast, um, sort of lived everywhere actually. But, yep. yeah, based based in Melbourne for now. Based in Melbourne. Mm. And can you remember mm. what that very first job was that you did? I sure can. It was a women's wear store, um, pretty funky stuff. It was actually called Centrefold. Yeah, and it was in a sh- local shopping centre. I said I was fifteen. I was only fourteen, Love and I it. got the role. And I still remember I got forty two dollars cash on a Saturday, and then I just spend it back in the store. <laughs> you you kept their profits going. Gotta I love did. that. I do. Gotta love that. And do you have a favourite book or TED Talk or quote that has really changed you, the one that always springs to mind whenever yeah, anyone asks that? I love, um, it's an old one, but it's Dan Pink and it's a surprising truth about what motivates us. I, as you know, do a lot of work around the motivational mapping space and doing what lights you up. Um And I love it because it really comes back to, you know, motivation, especially at work, um, money, sorry, isn't a motivation. It's purpose and fulfilment. And I think now more than ever, people are actually getting that. Mm. Yeah, love it. Mm. So what is it that you do now? Tell the audience what it is that you do now. What is it that fires you up? What? Yeah. So I work with leaders, teams and organisations to really accelerate communication, leadership, and energized mindset so that they're, they're leading, not managing, they're creating future leaders in the process. Um, and we do a lot of work around getting leaders and teams to understand what they're good at and enjoy, not just what they're good at, and leveraging what we call a, a strength-based team. So we do a lot of our limitless leaders, transformational programs, coaching. Obviously, I'm a speaker and author and contribute, you know, my message in many ways. Love that. And we'll come on to that shortly. But let's let's take a little bit of a journey back in time and try mm. and sort of unlock how you um, found your own brilliance, how you got to where you're, you're at right now. So I'm, I'm always really curious. Um, you know, you touched on it there that you come from, you know, Italian family and, you know, being from Europe but north of England, no Italian there in ours. We've, we always we just think of like the big gestures, you know, the, the, the pastas, the wines, all that sort of stuff. Um, how, how did your childhood how do you think your childhood has shaped who you are, Renee? Yeah, I had, look, mum mum and dad split up when I was eight but stayed very close and, and mum, mum's Australian, my dad obviously Italian, but stayed really close so I never missed out on that beautiful Italian heritage and I think the biggest thing it's instilled in me to this day and it's sort of my big word is connection um, connecting through conversation. I think food, you know, is a time machine to our memories. It's the conduit to connect. 
Um, and I've had very, very strong family values from a very young age. My my family, my friends, people in general. I just I just love connecting. It's if you said it, it, what's one of your hobbies, it's actually connecting. Mm. So you know, like yourself, we we're so blessed we get to do that in our work, you know, and in our lives. So we're always doing what's congruent to us to bring our whole selves to everything we do. But definitely, definitely has had an impact. And you know, I. I'll sometimes speak to people and they'll go, yeah, I haven't I only see my mum every four months. I find that really foreign. Like for me, we've just got such a close, such a close family. My sister's, you know, one of my best friends. My older brother's a father figure to me, always has been. And um, and my stepdad, who he's from Adelaide, so no Italian there. <laughs> he's been in my life, you know, since I was ten years old. Yeah. Um, just just an amazing um influence and grounding for me yeah Yeah. love that and obviously you you haven't always done what it is that you're doing now um you know you 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 did like the majority of us have done of uh, having a corporate career what was it that you did uh corporately yeah so I I went in as a graduate into Mars Mars confectionery and I had various you know sales account management leadership business development and marketing roles there over 12 years and absolutely loved it. I couldn't be doing what I do now without having that, that, that background and experience. But I had roughly nine years in the confectionery side and then three years I headed up the food service side. Um, same business but very different. The cultures were quite different. Um, but always was into people development, I had a coach when I was 23. I was taught to formally coach at about 25 years old. So very ahead of their times from a learning and development perspective. Um, Real growth mindset culture. If you didn't have that, you wouldn't have lasted there. And I think, you know, that's led me to where where I am. But so many things, Janine, have transferred over. Like, you know, growing up, I wanted to be a journalist I actually started to study journalism and didn't like the cutthroat side of it. Um, I wanted to be a performer. I've always been into dancing and teaching dancing and I wanted to to write a book. Mm. And, you know, and then the last year I was like, you know what, I want to be a teacher. So now I get to really incorporate all those things and I think that's why I know I'm on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So... Thinking about, um, you know, some of those choices that you have made, um, you know, one of the things that I often talk about when I facilitate, you know, big dinners or lunches with people, I go thinking about thinking about each decade, what are some of the watershed moments through, through your decades um, that when you look back at the connecting points to where you're at now, can you think of some of those watershed yeah. moments? Yeah. I'm thinking, first of all, there's nearly five decades there. <laughs> so maybe let's think, 30s, 40s, 20s, 30s, 40s. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd say early 20s, went to the States, did YMCA camps as a dance teacher and that taught me what, you know, the gift of growth, yeah. the gift of resilience. Um, and also, as as you know, I lost my dad that year. He was only 51 and... Um, I was actually halfway through 
our 16-week assessment centre to get the job at Master Foods and he passed away on the Monday night and my last presentation was the Tuesday morning and I went and I got through it and I collapsed at the end. I didn't tell them what was going on and they're like, you've got the job but now you need to go and have a medical. I was like, you're joking. So that taught me that I could do anything and that would be probably the biggest the hardest time that I went into sort of autopilot and went, you know what, my dad was an entrepreneur, absolutely, absolutely creative, amazing. I need to live and leave a legacy for him. And for me, that was a turning point. And I got the job at Mars and that feeling has never left me. I just have so much conviction and passion to grow others and grow through others, you know. Um, as I know, you know, as I know you do, and and that's what fuels us. You couldn't you couldn't do what we do if you didn't have that, right? No, you couldn't. But I think I think that's that's been a a really pivotal one. And then obviously leaving the corporate world, you know, the safe cocoon I say of the corporate world to just leave and start a start what was originally a coaching business. You know, I went into job search for 18 months. A lot of people don't know that. I was burnt out from corporate. I really built myself as a facilitator, working with people from 35 people in a 20-metre unair-conditioned room up north. Absolutely amazing and rewarding. And then, you know, went into the sales and leadership space from there. Yeah. What what have you learned about yourself, Renee, over the years when you look back at those various jobs and those decisions that you've made, if you could get on that balcony and just look in on on these last few decades and where you're at now, what have what have you learned about yourself? That I can do anything if I put my mind to it. Um, and I've always known that and that I, I do have a message to share and that's just part of who I am. A lot of people think, well, where do you get my nickname's popcorn? Where do you get your energy? Even when I'm tired, I'm energetic. But I think it's what I've learned is if you have a clear purpose, it all comes back to that. And I think your motivation fuels your purpose. And, you know, I get a lot of people go, but you don't have a boss. I actually loved having a line manager because I love feedback. But I say your vision is your boss. And I've always said that. And when you lose direction, especially those out listening now, if you're in your own business or you're in a leadership role or whatever you're doing, if you lose direction, it's not always about going to your manager. It's about going, what's my vision? What's my purpose? And then letting that guide you. Mm. Mm. Can you remember a time when when that happened for you, when you felt lost? Um, you know, because there will mm. be people listening right now that are going, oh, my God, that's exactly where I'm at. And I think in our work, Renee, where, you know, we travel the world speaking, we're often on stages, we're facilitating mm. large corporate training programs, we write books, et cetera, et cetera, um, people just see this, you know, this outward uh, version of, of success and achievement mm-hmm. and uh, what we what they don't necessarily get to hear or get to see are those moments where you do feel stuck where you do feel lost oh. where you have to do exactly what you've done of, of finding what it mm-hmm. what it what is it that I'm here to do can you remember a moment like that in in your life I can and I, I will have to say the biggest 
shift for me and probably I was only down and out for a day or so, but it was when the pandemic hit, Janine, last year. We lost, I felt like we were on a super highway having our biggest year ever. And I'm not just talking financially, I'm talking diversity of programs. I was about to start my third book and we got hit with the pandemic. And I think it was in eight days, we lost 90%, 90%. And I, you know, I have a team of four and I was just like, what am I going to do? And I remember actually feeling pain and it's not a word I even ever say or write. And I thought I've got to reframe that. I'm feeling pain, but I need to be on purpose. And I remember going, people love and know what I do. I just need to change how I do it. And I had this shift, but I did have, I'm not going to lie, and I'm very open, I had three hours, you know, serendipitously, two clients rang me and said, would you love a role in L&D with, you know, we can understand what's happened. And I thought about it and it took me like two hours to go, you know what, you've worked your butt off your whole life to become who you are and who you're continually becoming to do what you're doing. Why would you throw that away? Mm-hmm. And it was hard and, and it's been a tough, you know, I'm the first, I did a talk on this um, last week. It has been the toughest I've had 10 Sundays off in 18 months. I'm exhausted, um, but I've learned so much. We've saved the business. You know, we'll talk about it. I got to get my book done, you know, over weekends. And the gift in the whole thing for me was I just don't, I think it's a war of our lifetime, right? I don't think it's going to get any harder. Mm. So now I'm excited. Like anything that comes is a gift in some form. You mentioned there that you've learned so much. Um, what are some of the key things that you've learned from a business perspective or leadership perspective and some of the things you've learned about yourself during this yeah. tricky, challenging time? Yeah. So from a leadership perspective, I think I've always been very disciplined, but I think just being a bit more focused because probably wouldn't be here if we hadn't been. That was a big one for me. Um, Certain clients, not many, but there were a few clients that just didn't show up, you know, and I saw some true colours of different people, great Mm -hmm. people, not, not this is with love, but really helped me solidify my target market and what I'm doing. Um, and I guess like a lot of us, we've always done a bit of online. We built an online academy within four, the first four weeks of COVID. Wow. So there was a lot there. Um, for me, and I'm not going to say I'm the best at it, but created what I call bookend habits. And it's a term I came up with early last year. So how to start and end the day. I, I don't have children, not by choice, but I don't. So I don't have a circuit breaker, right? Mm-hmm. And my hubby's a builder. So we've just, we could just work and work and work. So bookend habits really helped. And my favorite one that I'm happy to share, because, you know, working from home is not really going to go anywhere, mm-hmm. um, was going out the front door in the morning. I, I, I can still hand on heart say I did not have one day in trackies the whole of COVID. I was dressed for work, even heels most days, every day. And for me, you know, your physiology creates your psychology. So I'd put my runners on with my dress, go around the block six in the morning, five, six minutes, come in through a different entrance, make my coffee. I love my coffee. Come into my office or my studio 
And then at the end of the day, I did the same, that I'd go straight up and have a shower, wash the day off, and then shut the doors to the studio and the office. And I might have gone back and done a bit of work later, but I'm still doing that. We're, we're still literally virtual till Christmas because all our stuff's locked in. And that's really helped me be disciplined in that and stick to it. And I actually have it in my diary. Mm. So I jealously protect that 20 minutes, beginning and end, the bookends. That's a great idea. I love yeah. thinking there of you're almost like forcing a start and an end of a day. And I think oh, that has been um, – and, what, you know, I think it's the challenge not just through COVID but the challenge pre-COVID of people's morphing between uh, an integration of work and life is great, but how do you create that space for you as an individual to reset? Mm. Um, love all that. Yeah, love and that. it's so important. And, and I think there's so many people, you know, we've got what the great resignation, I call it the great rejuvenation. I think it's the yes. best thing that's ever happened. Um, but I, I just think, you know, so many people are going to default back. And I, I think if you're listening now and moving forward, even, you know, it wouldn't matter when you listen to this, I always say, what do you need to let in, let go and let be? And that's a daily practice I have. It's a daily practice my clients have bought in. Um, and it just keeps you on top, you know, not, not to just go back to becoming a human doing, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day. Mm. Mm. Had to write that one down. Had to write that one down. It was <laughs> so thinking about, so you, you mentioned that, uh, you wrote a book <clears throat> through COVID, um, gift mindset, um, phenomenal book. And in this book, you talk about Thank the 12, you gifts to lead and live a life of purpose connection and contribution before we get into that um what what are some of the when you look at what is going on uh in the world right now or amongst your clients right now what what are some of the key changes that you are seeing that are going to impact business and leadership over the next few years yeah, I think there, there's a few trends we're seeing out there. I think um, a big one, I think people are really reevaluating their purpose, why they do what they do. I had, I had a client only yesterday say to me, I love my job, Renee, big multinational, great money, he's a GM. But he said, for me to leave the house now and travel and never be here for my kids and wife, do I just want to make a company richer or do I want to do my own thing? So I think that's the first thing. I think it's a great thing. It's a shake-up. I think people are really reviewing and renewing their values, um, their purpose. People want to do something that's in a purpose-led company. You know, there's a lot of greenwash out there. We know that. But a company that's contributing, you know, there's a saying purpose before profit. Um, so they're, they're, that's key. The other thing is, you know, as you know, and as it stands last week, I think it's, seven, it's something like 70% of people interviewed don't want to go back to the office. There's a lot of resistance. And I think, I think there needs to be a mix, especially if you've got a collaborative role or you're a project manager or you're in a team. But I, I, I just think workplaces need to give people options and need to treat them as adults to sort those those times out. So I think it's exciting. I think, 
you know, I know for us, we're, we've got a global market. I've always done work in Asia, but, you know, we've got a global market now. I think the world's a smaller place and I really think the gift and, you know, in, 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 my, in my terms, the gift mindset's about being open to the gift in any challenge or any positive experience or person. And I think the gift of COVID has really, I think, renewed people's purpose, given them perspective um, and taught a lot of people, you know, self-care, life. My, my husband and I have never been closer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always been close, but I look back over and you're probably this, the last six years, I was hardly home. I could name how many nights I was home for dinner. And there's a, it's a different connection now. Mm. Mm. That's the gift, right. So, so why, why did you write this book? Why is this concept that you've, your IP around gift mindset, mm-hmm. why does it matter so much? Why did you feel this need to share this message with the world? Yeah, it's a, it's a concept I've been, or a mindset that I've, I've, I live by and I came up with gift mindset probably four years ago. I was saying to clients, but what's the gift in that? What's the gift in that challenge? What's the gift in that success? It matters because I believe there's four drivers, right? There's challenging people and situations. We call them pass the parcel gifts. You never know what you're going to get. And there's also the positive situations and people. And I think too often in life or in the workplace, because this is a broad message, successes can happen. We move on to the next thing and we look at what we did, but we don't share how we did it, which could be replicating best practice, especially in the workplace. Also, we make mistakes, we stuff up, we go through a challenge and it's swept under the rug a lot of the time. And I think those lessons could be a survival guide for someone else. And I think it's the teams that are helping people be open about sharing mistakes and helping them move beyond that, that are going to have this connected, contributive, collaborative environment. Collaboration is an output of people or companies that are adopting this mindset. Um, and look, like, yeah. All right, I just want to, before you go you go any further, um, just want to ask from, your, from what you're seeing, what gets in the way? Mm of people adopting that gift mindset because I'm imagining again there's probably people listening going yeah that makes sense absolutely every moment has a learning opportunity and uh, you know we we've heard it over years and years and years of you know with every low comes a high and yeah opportunity and everything so from your perspective Renee what's what stops people from living and breathing that gift mindset versus it just being a a statement yeah great question there's I think barriers are the enemy to success and I must say being the eternal optimist when I wrote the book I didn't have anything around barriers at the start then I went oh I better have that I better look into why why this doesn't happen and we did the research and there's seven key barriers and I'll just run you through the main ones lack of self-reflection time is a big one oh, excuse me in and out of the workplace and, you know, some companies see self-reflection as indulgent, that people aren't doing the work, that it's affecting the bottom line. The next one is judgment from others. And that, that in the research we did, that came up as the biggest barrier. And what I mean by that is 
oh, I don't want to share my successes because it could look like I'm gloating or I don't want to share that my team and I had this happen when we can move on and nobody needs to know. So that's another one. Um, what I what I call transactional performance-based culture, that's another one. So companies that are bottom line and they don't put they put process and progress before people. And a mantra I live by is people before process before progress. Um, and we know those companies, they're out there and they're the ones I think that are feeling a lot of pain at the moment. And another one that's linked, the last one I'll run you through is uh, self-awareness, being present. People get scared to have that silence and that space. So making the time, creating forums, you know, failure Fridays, win Wednesdays, um, you know, I think our lessons fall into 12 key areas, have a theme each month, share across the business and we're setting forums up in, in a lot of organisations and the feedback has been like just amazing. Yeah, love that. So you um, you talk about twelve gifts uh, that mm-hmm. are available. Obviously, we haven't got time to go into no. into all twelve. Um, what would be your top three? Just list the top three for me. Oh, I like them. They were twenty five, Janine, and we got <laughs> everything. We everything I write is in twelves. Don't ask why. Always has been. Um, I, what I might share is the top three that we've had the probably the biggest response and demand oh. to know more about, the gift of optimism. So optimism in any role and in leaders, it's in the top five traits to success. So being infectiously optimistic is an energy and it can really, really help you to focus on what you can do opposed to what you're not doing. So optimism would be one. Um The gift of gratitude, you know, I'm a big believer in creating gratitude cultures. Who and what are you grateful for? All my workshops, we kick off with that. Um, And it's it's appreciation, recognition, praise, whatever you want to call it. But gratitude to me underlies resilience and it underlies collaboration because we're, we're actually not being, you know, you can be thankful, that's in your head. Gratitude to me is external, right? So that, those those two. And the other one that I, I just I love, I've done a lot of work around, is curiosity. The gift of curiosity. And I think, you know, as kids we have this childlike wonder. When adults have it, you know, a lot of the time it's, it's sort of looked at as a bit, oh, as a dreamer. But I think curiosity gets us to observe things, you know, provocate you know and then explore and I think curiosity is the key to innovation and collaboration in companies having a curious mindset as a team the byproduct of that's collaboration and so I think can you, um, I love that and there are so many awesome gifts that you talk about <laughs> in this book but thinking about that optimism gratitude curiosity can you um you know, I'm sure in all your work you could, you've got an example of an organisation that was without the gift mindset. Um, what did that look like? Before we go into what then yeah. changed, can you yeah. share, I don't have to name names, but give me an example of an organisation yeah. that didn't have that gift mindset. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, we've we've had someone or a company, a national company, and I, I won't name them, but an amazing company um, that we found in a lot of the programs and discussions that kept going back to, but you know, I did this, and you get someone in the room go, "Oh wow, I was going to work on that. I've done I've done eight hours on that. I didn't know you had done that." And then they would share, and the biggest shift that we saw was the language. People were like, what's the gift in that? They'd start actually saying that. And the feed, feedback's been amazing. Um, what has helped with that is setting up regular forums and jealously protecting the time to have that open space to share. So um, we have a process, Janine, GIFT, G-I-F-T, and there's two questions under G for grow, I for integrate, F for facilitate, T for transform. So the G and the I are about you. The F and the team are about sharing with others. And they've brought that in. Um, and, and then going, so what is the gift? If it's the gift of, if I've learned the gift of curiosity, what helped me with that and how can I deepen that? And then we give them lots of tools and models and um, insights that they can implement to continue to develop that because it's a soft skill, right? The 12 gifts, I I call them life skills, but they're skills. And the thing that excites me is that they're skills not just in the workplace. You know, we've got universities reading this book. We've got CEOs reading this book. We've got, you know, Uncle Joe who's 90 reading the book. It's amazing. Yeah. And why does it it matter so much? What is... Why is it so, so important to you that we shift the conversation, we shift the behaviours, that as individuals, as teams, as organisations, as cultures, as communities, that we move from what has been used, you talked about transactional working, to the space of um, adopting, living and breathing a gift mindset. Why? What change is it that you're wanting for the world? Openness, sharing, sharing success, sharing failure. I just believe we all have so much gold that I say is tightly wrapped under the Christmas tree and we need to open it, we need to reveal it. And I really believe doing all those things can can help you become what I call limitless so you're forever learning and evolving. Um, I was just going to say, some analysts have been showing that in Fortune 500 companies combined, and this is last year's data, $31 billion is lost in companies not sharing ideas and lessons. Mm. So it's a thing. And I just think why, why reinvent the wheel? You know, I think I have a saying, show your scars. You know, in Japan there's, a, there's an art form called kunsugi and it's where they get all the broken pottery and a lot of it's dug up out of tombs and they gild it with gold and it's more beautiful than it was before Mm. and I think if we can welcome the unwelcome and be ready to step back and unwrap the gift in anything I really believe it changes your mindset you're more open not always easy when you're going through something tough especially but there's something always at the end my my as you know my sister got diagnosed with breast cancer just before COVID and you know, and I just started the book and I was like, gosh, what is the gift in that? And I remember 
I sat there. I think we chatted on the phone around that time. I remember it. And um, I thought, you know what, how lucky am I, you know, to be healthy? How lucky am I that I get to live and help and grow and contribute? So I use the gift of gratitude to get through that. And it's brought our family closer together. It's been tough, but I really think that if you can look at it and unwrap it and give it time, there's always something. Mm -mm. I love that. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I do remember that phone call mm. as well. Hey, Renee, have you always been this positive? And when did you learn learn all this stuff? Oh, that's, that, that's a big question. How long have we got? No, um, I've always been a positive person or I'd say an optimist. I think positivity is a bit in the moment. Mm -hmm. Optimism is about hope for now and the future. And I think I've been through a lot. And I just think my parents, my dad was always Mr. Positive. My mum, you know, was the single mum for a while with the big job and always stayed on top. And I, I do think that's been a big influence for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I always, I just always see the good in things, sometimes to my detriment. Mm -hmm. um, and I do have to, that's something I've had to work on as a business owner, what could go wrong not just what could go right and don't just move on, learn, get the feedback, check in, reset, recalibrate to, to refocus. And I think, you know, I think it's a trait but optimism can be can be definitely learned. And a really good tip for everyone listening is it's a great question that um, Victor Purton from the Centre of Optimism has asked people all over the world and it's what makes you optimistic? And even answering that brings your optimism up. And we ask that at the end of workshops, what makes you optimistic? So for me, the other Sunday, we came out of lockdown and I saw a little boy in the mall just with his little cars and then Mr Whippy turned up with that creepy music. <laughs> there were like 40 little children lined up grinning because they could get an ice cream. And I, I would say what makes me optimistic on that day was it's the small things. Mm. So I'm going to ask you, what makes you optimistic today? Today, I'm excited for the changes I'm seeing around, as, as uncomfortable as it is for many clients out there at the moment. I, I feel there's this big rejuvenation coming through. Mm. And I, I really think most, and hopefully all, but won't be, but will bring in their lessons, bring in their gifts from the last 18 months. I think next year is going to be an amazing year. To, to watch and be part of, especially what we do. Um, and especially if you're in a business or an organisation where you can help drive this this sort of new evolution. Mm. Yeah, love yeah. it. So people can't see mm. what I can see because we've got our camera on, but behind you, Renee, as we sort of wrap up today's conversations, you've got a, um, a little sign that says limitless leadership mindset. Um, your work and my work is very similar in that you know I talk a lot about unleashing brilliance and this concept of it, it is impossible to unleash the brilliance in others until we're brave enough to unleash the brilliance in ourselves mm. and I'm curious as um, as we sort of come to the end of this conversation what what does limitless leadership unleashing brilliance what does it mean to you 
Yeah, I think I think it's about letting in letting go of limiting beliefs and letting in limitless thinking and goals. When people say what's limitless, it's my big word in life. It's learning, unlearning, relearning and evolving and continually tapping into what's changing and what you're feeling and applying that outwardly. And I think that's important. Um, And a big one, Janine, as you would know, and I know you do so much on this, is surrounding yourself with, with people that light you up. That's my first question. If anyone's a bit down and out, I go, what lights you up? I love being with my team, but I'm not with them till Friday. Well, it's Monday. So why wouldn't you do that Monday and set the tone for the week? And who lights you up? You know, we, we in our profession are always motivating others, but we need to have people around that lift up lift us up as well. And I think taking risk in what you believe in mm. because what's the cost of not doing that? Mm. You know, fail forward, fail fast, learn that something always comes out of it. Renee, your book, Gift Mindset, really is a gift for so many. Uh, Every time I pick this up um, Mm -hmm. and flick through it, I always land on a moment on one of those gifts and I go, oh, that's obviously the gift that I need to learn today. It really is a gift to so many leaders, so many individuals. Um, How can people grab a copy of it for themselves? Yeah, so Amazon, Booktopia, the book's got its own little website, so giftmindset.com. And we've got for each chapter, we've got downloadable infographics. So Gift of Optimism, the six things you can do. There's interviews on there and reneegeruso.com. And I'm excited to say, and I can't give a date, but we completed the audio book on Monday, (laughs) hence my voice. So that should be out just before Christmas as well. So that'll be on Audible and all those places. Renee, as we close up, you talked a lot about how important family has been to you and the the connection that you have with your immediate family and your extended family. Um, And it's certainly something that you share openly in your socials through the love of cooking as well. If I could, you know, I feel like I'd have to take over an entire stadium to invite those people in, you know, your sister, your father, your, your mom, your brother. What would you like to say to them? Oh, just thank you for being part of who I am and who I'm continually becoming. Yeah, because everything that happens, and we all know next year, who knows, right? Everything that happens is this continual evolution of those relationships and those interactions and, yeah, just yeah, just just love absolutely love love my family, and I, I don't think yeah, you know you're in Sydney, I'm in Melbourne, you know I've got to go for walks with my family at you know during lockdown, and that was probably the only thing that the only social face you know physical interaction I had was just amazing, and that's where I went. Wow, lucky we all live close together because we haven't always. So yeah. Renee, thank you for writing the book, The Gift Mindset. Thank you for your gift of today and for sharing. There are so many wonderful snippets and memes and quotes <laughs> in there. It was just, you know, it's amazing how much you can get through in 40, 40 minutes. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, yeah, thank you for everything that you gift 
to the people around you, your clients, your community, your family, your friends. It really is an absolute pleasure to know you. Thank you so oh, much. Thanks, thanks, Janine. And, yeah, absolutely love this conversation and, um, yeah, just amazing. So thank you. My pleasure. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.